We read in God's holy and infallible word. It says in Nahum chapter 1, verses 2 to 7, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea, and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel, and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The fountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation, and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Dear friends, as we have read from this book of Nahum, a short book near the end of the Old Testament, the, this prophet Nahum addresses the people of Nineveh, a capital city, a large city of the largest empire once in the world, the Assyrian Empire. What was going to happen to that empire, to that capital, Nineveh, was judgment. And the reason judgment was going to come is because there's a righteous, holy standard that is God's perfect, righteous, and holy law. And God is jealous over His righteousness. God is jealous over his glory as it says here God is jealous and the Lord revengeth and dear friends all sin will have its punishment either it has been punished in Christ on the cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago or it will be poured out upon you for all eternity there's no other option. Dear friends, Jesus took this punishment. He took this punishment for the sake of his glory. All things are done for his glory in time. God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. And dear friends, we wish for you to come away from rebellion against God, against fighting, against the will of Almighty God, and to trust in Him and in Him alone. Why do we, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, no longer have to fear this wrath? It's because Jesus took this wrath away. Jesus took the punishment. Jesus took that righteous standard. He treated his son as if he broke the law of God so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is God who judges. 
Dear friends, we want to introduce you to the real, true, and living God. Not a God of your imagination. Not a God who allows you to define yourself. Not a God who treats you as if you make up your own laws and live as you wish to live. It is God who has made the heavens and the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God and, his, and the, the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. And dear friends, it is that God who has made heaven and earth. It is that God we place before you. It is that God who wrote the law of God in your heart. It is that God of whom you fight against. It is that God whom you withhold the truth in unrighteousness. See, dear friends, why do you fight against him? Why do you seek to rebel against him? And dear friends, he is the one who has given you everything good in your life. God has given you breath in your lungs. God has maintained your heart beating. He has put food on your table. He has given you everything that is wonderful in this life. He has given you, perhaps he's given you a family. All these things come from the hand of God. But while God is a judge, and God is jealous, that is the true God. He does not overlook sin. Either sin will be judged and has been judged in Christ, or the wrath of God will be poured out upon you for all eternity. But God is also a patient God. It is why we are still here. Our God is patient. He is slow to anger, this text says. He is great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. While he is patient, do not mistake him. The patience of God with him overlooking your sin. No sin will be overlooked. Either it has been punished at the cross of Christ. Either Christ, when he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He quoted there from Psalm 22 verse 1. He cried out in agony, facing the wrath of his Father. The just for the unjust, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Friends, come to him today, so that his righteousness would become yours by faith, and his death would become yours. And there be no more death for you in Jesus Christ. Our God is long-suffering. He is patient. He is kind. He is loving. And it is that God we call you toward today. But do not think that He will overlook sin forever. There will come a time when we will all stand before the righteous throne of God. And either we will be clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that perfect righteousness of Christ, or we will be clothed in nothing but our own filthy rags before God. Our, our righteousnesses, our greatest deeds, are but filthy rags before God. And that's not just you, friend. That is also me. 
And the reason why I'm able to say these things, by the grace of God, is because the Lord took pity on me, a sinner. He is patient, but he is powerful. And we should fear that power. We should tremble before Almighty God. We should have a sense of which, and dear friends, you know this, all will die. It is appointed that a man wants to die. And then the judgment. And there's no escaping that. And you will have to answer for your deeds, for your thoughts, for your words, and for your actions against Almighty God. His power is described here in Nahum chapter 1. Nahum speaking to the people of Nineveh, this powerful city which had no fear of God. He said this, He rebuketh the sea, and maketh it dry. He drieth up all the rivers. Now I don't know about you, but do you have the power to dry up the seas? Do you have the power to speak something into existence? Friends, He is the Almighty. He is the Creator. He is the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. That is the God whose fury, whose righteous anger, you will have to face one day. And we are here to call you to repentance so that the Lord would mercifully take pity upon you, opening your eyes to the heinousness of sin and to see the beauties of Christ. You see, being a Christian is not just doing all the righteous things you hate. Being a Christian is your heart being changed to loving the things you once hated and hating the things you once loved. And those things that you once loved is sin. And you come to love Christ. You come to love what Christ loves. You come to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And that is only, dear friends, if the Lord has taken pity upon you. And you may say, I do not see this. And you may say, I see nothing wonderful in the gospel of Christ. You may say, I see nothing in Jesus Christ. Friends, you are blind to the beauties of Christ, to his perfect life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Why did he go through that? Why did Jesus Christ, the infinite God who is without beginning and without end, the second person of the Trinity, why did he come into his own creation? Assuming human nature, and why did he die? Why did he suffer? He suffered for sinners like you and I. He suffered that you would not face hell. He suffered for the glory of God. Friends, our main purpose here today is all for the glory of God, to make His name known, to make the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ's name known, so that His name, His reputation would be exalted. Friends, today is a celebration of sin. Today, in this parade, is a rebellion against God.
today is a day where the world, the flesh, and the devil are being paraded before the world. Friends, we pray that you would see how wonderful Christ is and how ugly sin is. Pride is a sin. The things being celebrated today are a sin. It is a rebellion today against the light of nature. We know from nature, for example, that there are two genders, and only two. But even that fundamental, clear, and obvious reality is being suppressed. It is not even about science anymore. It is about rebellion against the thrice holy God. But this God, this powerful God, this all-consuming God, this one who will pour out his wrath upon people for all eternity, this God who is angry with the wicked every day, this God you must face. But it doesn't have to be that way. It only has to be that way if you remain in your sins, dead in trespasses and sins. Friends, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. While there is wrath to be faced by those who remain dead in trespasses and sins, while there remains an unavoidable day of judgment for all who will not repent, there is mercy. There is forgiveness. There is the gospel. There is a judgment to be faced. Every single one of us will have to face that. And you may fight against that. You may rage against that. But your wrath will not overcome the wrath of Almighty God. What you will have to face is a God who is good. But friends, Jesus did not come to die for good people. He came to die for sinners like you and I. He came to die for criminals, those who have broken the law of Almighty God. And you know this. You know this. The law of God's been written in your heart, but we all suppress the truth and unrighteousness until we've been born again. And you know this because the heavens declare the glory of God, even if you've never read the Bible. There is enough evidence in creation that surrounds you of the handiwork of Almighty God that we all know that this God is good. We all know that this God is just. And we all know that we've broken the law of God. But dear friends, there's more to the story than just condemnation. There is forgiveness found only in Jesus Christ and you must find it through the pages of Holy Scripture. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but through Him. So we remind you of this fact, this remaining fact, which Nahum preached to the people of Nineveh. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold. He is the place to run to. He is the place to find refuge in, in the day of trouble. And He knoweth them that trust in Him. And that knoweth is not just a no in a general sense. That is a saving relationship found only in Jesus Christ. So while there is a wrath to come, flee from it. 
while there is judgment to come, flee from it and find refuge, find safety, find redemption, find shelter. We find the rain falling down from the sky today and you will run toward shelter. Well, dear friends, there's also coming a day of wrath, a day which you must be under the refuge of God's only begotten Son, His perfect righteousness and His death. You see, dear friends, if He has died for your sin, when will you die again? Death has lost its sting for those in Jesus Christ, but death awaits the person outside of Christ. Death awaits you, eternal death. Facing the wrath of Almighty God is not just that you will be separated from Jesus Christ from all eternity, you will face the wrath of Almighty God. But Jesus has taken that wrath. He is good. He is a place of refuge. He is a place of shelter. He is a place for protection against the day of trouble, a day of crisis. Only Jesus can rescue you from what you and I have done. Only Jesus, His reputation, His name, trusting in Him and in Him alone, by faith in Jesus Christ. For we have been saved, all those who have been saved, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Amen.